Welcome to Show You're Joking. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. Today I have a scientist from JPL. What a shock! Never had JPL scientists before. No, yeah, of course I have. Uh, he's a great guy. I, uh, I've known him for a while um, through Caltech Theater, um, but I was just watching YouTube and I saw an amazing thing about uh, space origami. So I had to ask this guy to come in and talk about it because it's really cool. Imagine when we're talking about it like a crane or like one of those. Uh, I don't know what else do you make with the gourd. Anyway, welcome to the show, Doctor Menon Arya. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so uh, you have a PhD in in aerospace engineering. Aerospace. From so you're you're a legit rocket scientist. I'm actually a rocket scientist, though I study neither rockets and I'm not really a scientist. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I get to call myself but do you get you can wear a T-shirt that I says can, that? I can I can wear a T-shirt that says I'm a rocket scientist. Yeah, like yeah. one of those snarky ones. It's like, well, yes, I am a rocket scientist. I like, could. Yeah, uh, I don't wear printed T-shirts. I should I should really start doing that. Like okay. T-shirts with text on them. <laughs> I I just I love how you define that as a category of clothes. That's I awesome. Mean, <laughs> Yeah, I, I have like plain t-shirts, but I don't have any t-shirts with text on it. I should start getting some of those. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think I'm going to start selling some of those. Oh, that'd be this, amazing. For the show. Yeah, there's like plenty of joke t-shirts out there from podcasts, um, you know, uh, but... That's a really good idea, I think. Yeah, put a joke in the logo. Sure. And then or, there's a different joke on each so one. So there's this podcast that I love. It's called The West Wing Weekly. It's uh, two people who watch every episode of The West Wing and then make a podcast about it. And they've got... A fake band in the West Wing. So these guys made a, a basically a, a, a band T-shirt for this fake band in the in the West Wing. Uh huh. And now there's just uh, there's fake T-shirts. Oh, this I already I already know what we'll have then. Oh sure. We uh, on the show we always talk about neutrino noise neutrino <laughs> noise floor as a fake club or fake uh, band name. Like a band name. Yeah. Yeah. Done, yeah. Just have it like <laughs> a, just have uh, you know touring look. show. Uh, yeah. sh- t-shirt for that yeah that would be awesome um and where we would put that shirt would be on our patreon account at uh, patreon.com slash syj yes that was a plug <laughs> that was so Please. smooth Thank that was you. just like an amazingly smooth <laughs> that's segment. the part i've been getting better at <laughs> i used to have to rely on uh, jimmy o yang for that but uh not this time okay so you are not a rocket scientist but you're basically a rocket scientist sure and uh, can you tell us about this uh, this new technology, the space origami that well, people are using? Yeah, sure. It's not a new technology. It's been around for, uh, I'd say, the past 60 years. People have been thinking about uh, the applications of origami in space. And mm-hmm. the idea is fairly simple, right? Like, you want a big structure in space, something like a big solar array or a big antenna. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge structure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the biggest. <laughs> the biggest, the baddest, yeah. No, mm-hmm. like in this in this industry, size actually matters, right? Because the more area you have for your solar array, the more power you collect. And to power something that's as big as, say, the International Space Station, you need a lot of power, right? You're trying to get signals back from the edge of the solar system, you need a big antenna. So bigger actually is better in all these cases. But why can't you just say that it's bigger and just not worry about it? <laughs> why isn't... I don't understand why that's not an option. Because physics doesn't <laughs> work that way, Kevin. Oh, um, right. Results. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> that's the ultimate uh, arbitrator, right? It's 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 it's, it's physics. If, if you can't fool physics, you can't trick physics into... I look at you said it's been around for 60 years, which is basically as long as we've been in space. So basically what you're saying is yeah. uh, there's origami... In space. And then space came along, yeah, and then basi- we had space origami. Basically. I mean, the, yeah, so so it comes down to we need big things in space, but we have tiny rockets. 
Like, the biggest rocket we have right now will fit something the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Although it's funny you bring that up today, yeah. because today was the official announcement that the Falcon Heavy, mm-hmm. SpaceX Falcon Heavy, is yeah. ready to launch, and I'm that's, really excited about it. That's really awesome. And um, I'm not even a SpaceX fan. I'm kind of a SpaceX hater, actually. Really? Wow. Yeah, okay. but I'm still, I'm, I gotta give it to them. It's exciting. Cool, yeah. Um, the only reason I'm a hater is because they keep talking shit about SLS, Space Launch Systems, but, you know, Elon even admitted today, he's like, yeah. that has a purpose. He's backed off. He hasn't said that, like... That's a waste of time or something, which is what they used to say. I just think more rockets is better. I just want all the rockets out there. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I totally do. So, I mean, you know, like the Falcon Heavy and uh, his next uh, rocket, BFR, I'm I'm slightly worried because as they make rockets bigger, you don't need to fold things up as tightly anymore. (laughs) You're getting into a failed business. Basically. Uh. And people are like... "Um, Wait, why do we need to fold things? We can now pack a, a a giant array that's five meters in diameter, or you know, you get the BFR, and they're talking about ten meter diameter uh, rockets. Well, one thing I've noticed uh, in about people, yeah. about humans, is that uh, we can always use more of anything. Oh yeah, no. I always think it's funny when people said about like nuclear energy or solar energy, like, oh well, once we have you know twenty X, yeah. yeah any twenty terawatts, then we'll be done. And we won't need any more. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, no, no that doesn't happen I mean, ever. Yeah, it never <laughs> happens. So, like, we'll always need more power in space. We'll only always need bigger antennas, bigger mirrors for telescopes. You know, that's that's a popular thing. People, people are like, oh, JWST, six and a half meter diameter mirror, yay! Mm-hmm. And then uh, the astronomers are like, uh, can we get a twenty meter, please? <laughs> yeah. What about a hundred meter? How about three hundred meters? Because we're always at the limit of yeah, whatever's available. Exactly yeah. right. I mean, um, so but that's that's fundamentally where where I make that's fundamentally my bread and butter, right? It's it's trying to fit these large things into small rockets, mm-hmm. launching them up, and then unfolding them in space. And it turns out, when you, anytime you deal with it, like a, a flat thing, like a solar array or an antenna, well, you can use all the math that's been developed to describe origami, and apply it for engineering purposes. Mm-hmm. And there's actually there's a there's a nice uh, there's a nice synergy there there's a nice uh, fit there where we're, and it's in that space that I work awesome uh, I mean it's some really weird ideas out there from a long time ago were doing uh, space solar and I used to work in solar and I used to think that was the dumbest <laughs> idea I've ever heard and uh, I got in I started working on it and I realized it wasn't that crazy yeah no I, uh, I, 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 I still it seems crazy it yeah. looks crazy but yeah. one of the reasons is because when you build stuff on Earth you have to make it pretty strong. You have yeah. to uh, enforce it, and you know if if you. Uh, I used to work with heliostats, which are um, big mirrors that yeah, reflect yeah, yeah. it. All of the money goes into making the mirrors not fall over in the wind. I mean, that's a hundred percent of the work in so this I mean, thing. Yeah, so these, these should be these should be things with some sort of motion control on them to follow the sun. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, and uh, and really, it's it's just it's sort of like an arms race where you can make it bigger and bigger to get the cost down yeah. per part. But you have to make it big enough to hold itself up. And then yeah. once you do that, you, you make it big enough that the wind blows it. And so it has to um, fight against that. I mean, it, it shouldn't be that weird, too. If you think about where all the wind farms are in California, yeah. they're all out in the desert where it's sunny. Well, that's part <laughs> of the problem is uh, it places where it's sunny, they're also windy and yeah. um, cause a lot of problems. But in space, you could make it, you know, 100 microns thick if you exactly. wanted. Um, I mean, so I worked on a concept for that, actually. So Caltech was doing this thing with Northrop Grumman 
uh, called the Space Solar Power Initiative. Mm-hmm. This was a team up between uh, three uh, engineers at, at Caltech. Was one of them Harry Atwater? Yeah, Harry yeah. Atwater was Almost providing the solar group. power yeah. stuff, yeah. I should and have them on the podcast. Yeah, and then know. Ali Hajmiri was doing the antennas, and my advisor, Sergio, Sergio Pellegrino, was designing all the structures. And they want to make these giant 60-meter by 60-meter uh, spacecraft um, fly like 300 of them in formation collect solar power in space and then use an array of, uh, of phased antennas to beam this power down in microwaves and you know mm-hmm. and it, it we living on this earth have no intuition for what the scaling factors are right mm-hmm. what 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 knob do i twist to make this thing actually work and uh, it turns out you have to go down to really fundamental physics to be able to kind of tease out the relationships about what size do i make it you know how 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 light does it need to be and this thing ends up, you know, we're aiming for something ridiculously lightweight, like 300 grams per meter squared. Mm-hmm. That's the th- that, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's basically the, the the density of paper, the aerial density of paper is, is mm-hmm. that. Um, so you have to pack all this functionality into that. Mm-hmm. But well, my, that's why I think uh, solar reflector in space might be pretty good. Yeah, no, because and, uh, you make this special shape called a uh, well, he doesn't call it that, but I've called it Winston Cassegrain, which is a thing invented by Roland sure. Winston. Um, if you build one of those, it's basically just a big parabola with a conical connection collection system on it. That's cool. And, um, you know, you can make that like out of aluminized mylar or something. And that stuff is really light. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. And And, I mean, yeah, go ahead. And, and you know, we're building new, we're getting a lot of new carbon technology. Like we're getting nanotubes and graphene and that stuff's really strong. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's might be a practical thing right now you know someday definitely i mean one of the applications for that is is uh outer solar system exploration because it turns out that the powerhouse for these uh, explorers which used to be nuclear fuel we're not making a lot of these uh, rtgs anymore because Mm -hmm. uh some labs are shutting down so they want to do solar powered uh spacecraft past jupiter past saturn Mm -hmm. and it turns out that you know, as you move further and further away from the sun, you get less and less energy per unit area. Um, so you need enormous solar arrays. And at some point, your the temperature of your solar arrays goes below some threshold at which they don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need concentrators to be able to kind of concentrate light on these uh, uh, on these solar arrays. So right now, the concept I'm looking at is, is origami folding up a giant parabolic uh, <laughs> concentrator for, for Uranus and Neptune missions. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, we're competing. So wait, wait, seriously? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, also working on <laughs> <at> a... <laughs> I think I'm allowed that. to talk about it now. I'm not sure, but... Uh, <laughs> but uh, you can edit this part some out, other group, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some, groups, some, <laughs> some colleagues and I made a proposal for uh, an alternate power system for uh, ice giant missions. Oh shit! So, did did you guys apply for one? Is no, there... no. Oh, this, okay. this, this, I mean, well, you're already employed. You don't need. To... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's a neat idea, and there there's some crazy. But cons- ours wasn't solar. Oh, okay. It was a. Const- Although that's it, no, no, it wasn't a concentrator. It was a fission reactor. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, we have to cut this out. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, wait until the, the last minute I mean, before we decide. The issue with fission reactors is like you have to launch up fissile material, and any time you launch up uh, anything that is radioactive, it's it's uh, it's a lot of hassle because mm-hmm. you have to you know, Meh, yeah, you, have, you have to please all the safety <laughs> people. Whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, it really gets very radioactive after you turn it on. 
So part of the, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Uh, I mean, the the you know beforehand, it's not really very radioactive. Yeah, it's kind of you know it's like rocks. Okay, it's basically rocks. Okay, low enrichment. Um, you know, U two thirty five, two thirty eight. Sorry. <laughs> nice. Two thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uranium oxide pellets. Yeah, they're pretty harmless. Uh, uh, so if a rocket explodes while they're while it's launching them. Um, it, sh- it should be okay. It should be okay. Yeah, it won't be like a Fukushima or a Chernobyl or something. Sure, but like you, you get a lot of that spread out over a large area, right? Like yeah, like, sure, but there's uranium everywhere. Oh, okay. That's cool. All right. I mean, I'm not saying it should explode, but <laughs> uh, I mean, where it does make a problem is that you can't test it until you're in space, which is that's the bad part. Is oh oh that's gonna that's gonna yeah. annoy a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, what you can do is you can test it and to put in fresh fuel that isn't yeah. been turned on. But if you don't want to uh, if you don't want to launch with, you know, because the real problem, like in, in Fukushima and Chernobyl, it's the fission daughters that are the things that, um, yeah, um, that are causing bad for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like cesium-137, yeah. iodine, strontium-90, those, those kind of things. Got um, it. So although pff, I'm not scared of those either, so, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but the public is, so that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Oh, the reason I, I did that thing where I asked Alexa if yeah. she works for the CIA. She woke up. Is, she, she woke up briefly. Uh, I know. Uh, it's because that's what Alex Jones did on his thing. And so they added that answer because after Alex Jones did it, then everyone wanted to know. <laughs> Have you seen uh, that clip where he's like, you're lying. You're lying. You work for the... <laughs> I have not seen that, but it does sound pretty funny. It's hilarious. Strongly oh, recommend God. it. I, I hate those things. Yeah, I, I, well, they're, they're creepy. Man. Soon they're going to be parenting your children and oh, processing have, you into some sort of food product. I Yeah. <laughs> no, the first time I encountered one, it was cool. It was like, oh, lights, voice controls. Um, <laughs> we're living in the future, but now it's like it's always listening. Yeah. Yep. um yeah and they and when people make them they don't always even though it she works for amazon like she says i mean it's not like jeff bezos was sitting there at the manufacturing floor making sure every single one you know did exactly (laughs) Uh, there have been a lot of uh um a lot of manufacturing like a spyware manufacturer discovered in widely produced products like in the chips and stuff inside because that's a really good place to put it. <laughs> I'm just going to go to Winnipeg and live in the woods, I guess. That's that's what I'll do. I'll turn into a, a Manitoban wood person. So, yeah, that's right. You're from Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Winnipeg. That's, is that cold? Winnipeg is pretty cold. But the only reason I want to go there is because it sounds funny. Winnipeg. It sounds funny <laughs> when you say it. Uh, is that a, a Native American name? I word? think so. I think it sounds so. like it. Yeah, like Minnesota, too. Yeah. Wait, Minnesota is is a, is a probably. I mean, uh, it doesn't sound okay. it doesn't sound English. I don't know. Uh, they talk funny there anyway. So <laughs> Minnesota, <laughs> no, could be Swedish. Could I don't be. Know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But no, Winnipeg has an has a has an awesome art scene going on. So you know, mm-hmm. that's my backup plan. Is just like if things get too weird out here, just move to some tiny 
village in right. Canada. Uh, you know, you might get a little extra safety there, but I think eventually there's going to be a robot artist that comes up and is like, I do art. That is space <laughs> origami. <laughs> and then you're like, what? No. Oh, you have a whole show where you have like fold out mirrors and they're just like these robots with creative minds are just going to come over and be like, mine folds even smaller. See, see like, people people <laughs> always say that, like, you know, academics that talk, they're like, oh, yeah, robots are taking over jobs, but they'll never take over my job because I'm right. an academic. And Mine's I'm, too hard. I'm, yeah. I'm too creative for that. And I'm thinking, is it, though? It's, it's... No, there's already robots starting to do a lot of creativity. I mean, yeah. oh, or yeah. Or at least... You know the, the I mean, cheap the, mass-produced creativity. Sure, and you can you can get like you know algorithmically generated music and and mm-hmm. movies and photographs. You get algorithmically curated photographs already, and that's that's beautiful. You know that's that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe neutrino and noise floor will be in like an all computer generated <laughs> DJ. <laughs> that would be amazing. It's just like get take... ready for some sick beats. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm going to kill you after the show. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I was watching. I was watching Tim Burton's Batman last night, and uh, yeah, the Joker described himself as a homicidal artist. Or a, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and that, that was um uh, Keaton. Yeah, that was that? Keaton yeah. and, and Jack Nicholson. Oh my yeah. god! Jack, oh Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson as a no, as a Joker. He was good. He right? is great. Like, just I watched him more than I watched Batman in that movie because he was just so fun to look at. Mm-hmm. And it's a scene where they come into the museum and start painting over all the f- paintings. The famous paintings, yeah. yeah. and they're dancing to a Prince song while doing this. <laughs> and that is... I, I, I'm like, I can't imagine anything more... Was it 90s or 80s? Uh, uh, it was, it was in 89, I think. I think it was 90s. Well, was 90s? There, there's more than one, so... Oh, yeah. Well, the, 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 the Tim Burton one. Who's the best Batman? Who's the best Batman? Yeah. Oh, I... I mean, I I started watching Batman with uh, with the uh, Christian Bale stuff, so that's okay. definitely my best Batman. And he's, I like, think he's good. He's, good. he's good. Like it. like all the you know all the previous Batmans are really theatrical and really dark and really gothic, and then you end up with Christian Bale, who ends up using a lot of tech, and you see a lot of how that tech gets assembled. And mm-hmm. as a as an engineer, I, that you know that that <laughs> that tickles the right parts of my brain. I think he's uh, he plays the you know the serious look. The sort of almost like on the spectrum psychopath part really well. You know, he's not a psychopath. He's yeah. just damaged. But I think he did that really well. I don't think the other, I don't think Keaton did that very well. No. And I mean, you know, there's definitely, uh, it's a different world in the in the Keaton uh, Batman movies, right? It's a, it's a, it's a fantastical, fantacosmic mm-hmm. world in which uh, Batman. Did you see the one with the penguin? With, uh, no, I need to see that next. Danny DeVito? No, yeah. I see that. Yeah. yeah Jimmy just... Yang used to do be on a show with Danny DeVito. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, it's always sunny in San Diego. In uh, uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> it's always it's sunny in San Diego because it's just a fact. <laughs> it is it's, always sunny. It is sunny in San Diego. Oh, my God. But yeah, it's no, also I'll, funny. I'll be in San Diego in March uh, doing more origami stuff. It's like... Uh, oh, sweet. Yeah, there's... Yeah, a... I'm giving me a talk down there. Wait, excited. when? Uh, in two weeks. Oh, cool. The yeah. physics department. Nice. Actually, it's kind of exciting. I'm gonna. I don't normally talk about my own stuff, but I'm sure, gonna. Go I'm gonna it. Have to go it this week because, uh, um, yeah, we had a, a my, the stuff I was working on for my thesis, yeah. uh, which was originally a neutron lifetime, and then I moved. It wasn't done in time, so I couldn't graduate, and t- so I moved on to looking for um, corrections to the neutron lifetime okay. in uh, 
neutron beta decay using ultra cold neutrons. That's just, there's, I could probably put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> it's not funny, neutrons. but just, yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, we finished the lifetime experiment and, uh, our results haven't even come out yet, officially, in the, in the journal. Is it just because they're really, really long-lived? No, because it took so long. Oh, wait. the Neutrons? <laughs> they are long-lived, but that's not why it took so long. <laughs> You're just, like, waiting for them to decay. <laughs> is, it, is it done yet? No, they, they decay in about 15 minutes. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. Like, just neutrons not in... Uh, wait, neutrons are... Neutrons not in the nucleus decaying. Yeah, free minutes. neutrons. Free yep. neutrons. Yep. How do you get a free neutron? Oh, it's uh, it's How really do you free fun. the neutrons. Oh, it's it's very complicated. Yeah. Um, so you start with a lot of neutrons because okay. it's a very inefficient process. Okay. Um, and you can do that two ways. You can do it with a reactor, a research okay. reactor, or you can do it with a uh, spallation source. A what now? A spallation source is uh, you take a proton. Okay. And you accelerate it to. Um, about 80% speed of light. Sure. And you bombard like it. Like you always do. Yeah. Like, you, like we always do. Yeah. I mean, like you're talking about protons <laughs> yeah. in, in a physics like, lab. I it's going to get to some right. reasonable fraction of It's going to be C. near the speed of light. Yeah. It, just, it happens. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a blender in physics. It's, you know, it is to... A blender is to cooking in a kitchen and making margaritas <laughs> as... <laughs> protons going the speed of light is to a physics experiment yeah, uh, yeah just like at, uh, the Large Hadron Collider sure, in Switzerland yeah. except ours is a uh, half mile long and it's in New Mexico oh, called cool. Lance the oh, uh, nice. Los Alamos Neutron Science Center and um, so uh, the big difference is we don't go anywhere near the spe- the energy that they have at Got LHC because we're not probing the high end of the universe we're probing sure. the sort of uh, nucleus end which is why we're only 80% speed light. But when you do this and you uh, and you we aim it at a really heavy target, mm-hmm. you use tungsten. Okay. You can use plutonium if you wanted, but it's uh, much harder to get permits. Sure. Know? Tungsten <laughs> is easy, you know. Yeah, it's, it's actually a little dangerous to do it with anything other than tungsten. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot like breaking uh, when you when you break in billiards. Yeah. Um, it's a lot like that. It's basically like you imagine like the triangle of billiards sure. is, uh, is a nucleus and at just the right energy if you hit it with the um the proton comes yeah. in and it just it, it i mean it's literally almost exactly like that it just That's comes nice. in and it hits it and then a bunch of things fly off okay cool and so now you have neutrons flying everywhere yeah. how, do you, how do you like put a neutron so, in a box you can look so at it so the first thing you do to cool them is you uh you pass them through something cold so this is called thermalization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Sounds so hard, man. Yeah, it, I mean it's weird, but they bounce around and they yeah. actually they'll be in the uh, the temp- they'll eventually acquire the temperature where they uh, are in. So these are called thermal neutrons. Sure. Um, although it's a little tricky because the the name thermal neutron also is used to mean at room temperature. Of course. So yeah. so if you say to someone like, hey, these are thermal, and then you say, these are cold, those have actually mean two things. So cold means it went through something cold. So the first thing you do is you make things that are cold, and you can probably guess what the coldest thing is that we can make. It's probably like LN2. Or helium. Like, yeah. yeah, liquid, liquid helium. helium. So, you know, we get them to the 20 degree... The 20 Please degree Kelvin. Kelvin yeah. yeah. So very cold by our standards, but not even close to ultra cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they pass through a crystal of uh, solid deuterium. So this is... Uh, oh, that sounds cool. It's basically like hydrogen, but it's it's the... the it's heavy hydrogen, but it's Wait, in it's a, a crystal. it's a crystalline form. So yeah, it's we like, freeze it. 
Yeah. Holy shit, yeah. that's really freaking awesome. cold. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's not that cold. It's uh, it's actually cold. It's warmer than helium. Wait, we really? use helium to cool it down. Yeah, uh, it's sub- it's a solid about twenty Kelvin. Okay, so um, so we spray helium on it, and we very carefully controlled the temperature. Yeah. Um, although the problem is we're blasting it with a beam, yeah. so it actually we're we're constantly fighting that source of energy is like this beam of heat hitting it, it all the time okay so now we're, we're in a deuterium crystal right and so then the crystal um can you can you hand me that thing up there i'll show you just give me that thing and i'll even take a picture this uh the newton's cradle yeah yeah newton's cradle so i've got this cool newton's cradle thing i got this for christmas um this is basically how we make them so the the crystal sitting there Imagine this is the 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 crystal, and um, what happens is the neutron hits. That was the Newton's cradle right there. For all okay. you listeners out right. there, he's, <laughs> he's actually playing with Newton's cradle yeah. now, and it's doing its Newton's right. cradle thing. So did you notice that when this thing flew in, it yeah. knocked it off, and it was left. This thing went off, yeah. and it was left at a dead stop. Uh, okay, that's you, how we get those. Okay, basically, and, so something flies out of the crystal, and you end up with a yeah. neutron. The little phonon, which is a physicist's name for sound waves so small that they're actually limited by quantum mechanics, which is a really weird concept that that even exists. But it's true. It's not just light that there's. It's yeah. a it's a lot like photons, but you know it's yeah. it's the photon version of a sound wave, which yeah. is really weird. No, I worked with phonons. I know you do. I was just explaining. <laughs> <laughs> No, phonons are cool. Phonons exist in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Newton, Newton's cradles, yeah. Yeah. So um, so that's my little demo. I give that in talk sometimes. I'll that's, show that demo. Cool. But that's basically what happens. That's why we use deuterium. Oh, got is, it. uh, it's very close to the weight of a neutron. So oh, like okay. it sends off a phonon at right, just the right frequency and uh, and energy, and it comes to a dead stop. All the other, It's really inefficient, though. Yeah. Most of them just fly out yeah, 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 and I go can. everywhere and heat up. The, the deuterium that's why we're constantly we blast this with a uh tons of liquid helium we have a four thousand liter doer of helium that we're constantly re-refrigerating and we use a tr- <laughs> it uses a truckload i'm not kidding like straight a out of truck term, load, yeah. a truckload of liquid nitrogen just to run the helium liquefier uh so and if you've ever seen the determinator 2 yeah yeah, yeah. like It'll where that <laughs> truck breaks open we use that once a week. <laughs> to do oh this. my god! That's so, how much uh, energy it takes to make these, and we only end up making a few, uh, you know, millions of ultra cold neutrons at the end. Millions huh? to billions over. Cool, just and then a, you watch them for fifteen minutes, and then they die. Yeah, well, what's okay? So what's really <laughs> cool about neut- uh, ultra cold neutrons is they act like uh, they act like a gas. Okay. And you can trap them in bottles, which you cannot normally do with a neutron. Neutrons normally just because they're neutral. That's the new in neutral. Um, cause they're very old actually, <laughs> but they just, they fly through everything. Yeah. And, um, but when they're ultra cold, they, they have this very special, um, interaction with materials and they bounce around we can guide them into bottles and, uh, for the neutron lifetime, we guide it into a magnetic bottle Cool. and, uh, they just sit there and they bounce around. Um, they're going so slow that you get, they're going about the speed of a basketball. So they, they bounce up and down to about the height. Of the, you might say, why am I using a basketball? Because the basketball hoop is roughly how high up they can bounce. So it's literally just... <laughs> Wait, a basket, like, like, a, like an actual basketball yeah. hoop? That's, that's how... That's okay. about how... So they actually get pulled down by gravity back down. And there's this very cold gas of neutrons. That is funny. 
anyway, so there's an article in Scientific American yeah. about the uh, a discrepancy our experiment and another experiment has with a third type of experiment. And uh, for a long time, we didn't know what the real problem was. Yeah. Um, but now that we've done this extra experiment, we're, it's now looking like there might be some new physics there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, so uh, that's what I'm going to be talking about. Blessing science, about. one step yeah. at a time. And I'm unemployed, believe it or not. So uh, you can, <laughs> if you want to support this research, you can either write your congressman and support it or write a school and tell them to hire me or... Even better, give to Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash SYJ. Help Kevin <laughs> make some really cold neutrons. <laughs> I think I'd, if, we, if my Patreon hits a million dollars a year, I will be able to do, I'll be able to fund this experiment. <laughs> I mean, it sounds really complicated. Like you need a truckload of liquid nitrogen to do this. That's yeah, not but cheap, you know? But now that we made this discovery, I think, uh, and we, we had some other great papers come out. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to stay well-funded at That's Los cool. Alamos. Um, it was always, you know, we were always worried about that. Yeah. Um, funding in science is, I mean, you know this very mm-hmm. well. It's definitely true of space science. It's, yeah. it's, any kind of times there's a big budget involved, it's it, it's up in the air, Exactly. Right? It's like, the first you know, thing to get cut, which is which is... <laughs> It can just it's, it can just happen. It can be political, yeah. right? Like, um, you know, the politics can change on you at mm-hmm. any time. I think we've been kind of lucky the last, uh, I'd say, the last fifteen years or so, the last two administrations. I think people were a little bit less, uh, you know, chopping everything off. And yeah. I hope that continues. I'm I gonna, mean, yeah, there was definitely like a period in the eighties and seventies where you know there was no news space missions being funded and yeah people uh, were getting really worried about the future of nasa but right i guess because we had done the moon thing and that had taken <laughs> so much money people yeah. were worried or something but it's funny i'm reading a book right now about uh voyager mm-hmm. uh, oh, what's JP, it called uh, mm-hmm. it's called personal tales from voyager i just finished it actually like an hour before i came here oh cool it's like really... studied up <laughs> no, <laughs> that's like, awesome I, I that's a good plug by the way for this book? <laughs> yeah, no, for you to be like, yeah, I read it right before. Like, it's I mean, fresh in your mind. It <laughs> is. No, so that's what I'm talking about, because it's, it's fresh in my mind. But, you know, it's it's a set of personal interviews from people who worked at JPL in the Voyager mm-hmm. days. And they're, com- you know, the completely unedited interviews. They talk about Ed Stone? Um, yeah, they talk to mm-hmm. Ed Stone. Friend of uh, the show. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, really, it's really good. And it's funny, you talk, they talk to everybody from the top down. You know, they talk to Ed Stone, who was a project scientist on Voyager, they talked to Raymond Heacock, who was one of the project managers, and then they talked to the security guard at JPL at the time, or they talked to an administrative assistant, or they talked to a, a Caltech undergraduate student who was doing an internship at JPL at the time, and all these people, you know, this this these, these interviews were conducted in the in the eighties and nineties, and all these people were so. Um, rosy-eyed about the turn of the millennium and they were like oh by 2020 we'll be on mars or by <laughs> you know 2020 we'll have bases on the moon mm. and i'm sitting here in the future being like nope well you know i'm not i'm not so skeptical anymore because uh i feel like we did a lot of catch-up in the last couple of years yeah i mean when i was younger i'd dream about like you know trying to go to mars and stuff like that and it <laughs> seemed you know like a lot of kids yeah. did, a lot of science kids and it seems so ridiculously science fictiony, but we've gotten so good at some of the science fiction stuff now. Yeah. It's not totally unreasonable. I remember seeing this documentary when I was a kid where somebody's like, "Well, you know, to go to Mars, we probably need to cure cancer first. And I was like, "Oh, that's impossible!" That will never. But you know, cancer 
treatment has gotten a lot better yes. and that's and people are living longer and mm -hmm. we're getting better at understanding how to um you know treat radiation sickness from space and we know so much more about how astronauts behave in space yeah and no it's, it's looking kind of it's looking kind of okay it's yeah. yeah like we could uh i have a funny elon musk story about this oh great yeah, yeah. let's uh, hear it so he was the 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 what do you call them like the speakers at graduation ceremony he's the graduation speaker ah. at caltech really? in 2012 oh, I when i was when i was graduating oh my with God. my masters um uh, so my last name begins with an a so i was like mm -hmm. at you know the front few steps uh the front few rows of chairs oh i know i don't remember i skipped that one did you yeah i got my master's in 11 and yeah. um even though i grad i finished in 12 I didn't. I wasn't allowed to walk until thirteen. Oh no! So I was well, probably boycotting it. I mean, he's not like a very accomplished, skilled public speaker, Elon Musk. Dude, he sent payments through email. It doesn't get more genius <laughs> than that. <laughs> uh, but he's just—he—he's—he's he's lovably awkward when he's trying to do public speaking. Mm -hmm. um, so. I got like I'm uh, you know I got up to the stage getting my diploma and things from from Elon Musk, and at this point in my life I was a, a cocky little twerp. I was kind of really. Um, is this when you had the dyed hair? I like no, that this look. No, this was before that. This was uh, this was like I, I don't even know. So this the dyed hair was was post cocky twerp. The dyed hair. Right. <laughs> I've got. Then you're a sophisticated twerp. <laughs> Anyways, so at this point, I had a really high opinion of myself. So I whispered to Elon as I'm getting my diploma from him. I whispered to him, I'm going to beat you to Mars. <laughs> I and think he gets that a lot. I think he gets that a lot. He looks down That's at me because he's like, he's, he's, he's really tall and I'm really short. And he looks at me, he's like, okay, <laughs> you do that. <laughs> but you've landed things on Mars, right? Uh, not me personally. Uh, I haven't landed anything on Mars. But oh. have you worked on any of the Mars? No, I have never. I actually haven't touched anything or designed anything that's been to space, and that needs to change. Mm. Here's what I'd recommend: take a stem cell from yourself. <laughs> I'll leave it to you to to get it somehow. Sure. And uh, you know, just nobody's looking. Drop a stem cell on that's, one of the rovers. That's cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> then technically, you landed on Mars. Yeah. I mean, you might. I mean. I've had this fantasy a lot. It's just like the Mars Curi Curiosity rover, the the clone they're building that's going to go up in 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we did a tour with uh, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really fun. Yeah, very creatively named Mars 2020, the Mars 2020 rover. Mm -hmm. um, well, I like the pressure, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, there's there's jokes. Uh, you probably should not put this on, uh, you know, out there, but there's jokes in JPL right now being like, yeah, it's probably going to be called Mars 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Oops! Uh, uh, no, don't worry. No fear. This this podcast is blocked on JPL for some reason. I have oh, no idea why. Oh no! I, I there's so many things that are blocked at JPL. Oh, it's kind of yeah. annoying. It's, I remember it's the same at Los Almos. It's, it's like, like why? The worst is when uh, we'd be there on weekends. Yeah. And it's normally like uh, sites are blocked um, by a script, and then if there's a problem, there's a guy on site. Sure. You know, there's like a little computer program looking for certain words and stuff. And so if a, new, a site comes up with you know, content that's not supposed to be there because of government funding reasons, um, you know, like gambling sites, sure. pornography, the, you know, the obvious stuff. And then some, but, but a lot of weird things would get blocked sometimes because this, this robe that, you know, like a little script or a robot would sit there trying to 
you know, make sure that like an attack or something didn't happen. But when you work during the week, it's fine because you could just you could just say, no, this is a mistake. And it would automatically notify the person working there, you know, or Mm -hmm. people working there. And they'd be like, oh, make an exception. Uh, But we had to work in the middle of the weekend, uh, in the middle of the night, because that was just the way our experiment was. So weird things would happen, like like, uh, Wikipedia would be blocked. At one time, Google was blocked. That was just awful. Wait, (laughs) We wouldn't get it back until, like, the morning when the person would wake up. Well, nobody knows what. I don't know. know. (laughs) The script was just like, no Wikipedia access. The script was like a a computerized bureaucrat, basically. That's That's, ridiculous. I think that's the future, all right? Oh, God. This is the future. Yeah, no, I love Wikipedia. That's where I get all my trick identities from. (laughs) I can't live without my trick identities. I know, but, you know, but there's a lot of topics on there that somehow it decided weren't okay but i mean that's the thing is that (laughs) it's over it overcorrects and then somebody's there to to like politely explain it like no computer this is fine yeah i mean that's the atmosphere at at a lot of these places right that they're just overly conservative and they Mm -hmm. block everything by default restrict and they they don't want bad headlines yeah that's true and And they get get yelled at at congress i mean i've seen it they get yelled at that's hilarious. like literally like they have to sit you know there's there's panels yeah yeah, yeah. you know mm. and it's and it's not like the computer guy gets yelled at it's like the director or something gets yelled at and yeah. that's not fun for the director yeah i mean we had a, a good piece of congressional uh, advertisement recently that one of the things that we folded in our lab ended up in the hands of a congressperson on tv so if you like there's this there's that's this awesome. segment on c-span where this guy's unfolding a a congressman is enfolding an origami that we folded in our lab. It wasn't me that folded that piece of origami. I wish it had been, because we've got like a thousand of these uh, origami congressional fame yeah. devices floating around. It was an intern that folded, and I told him, like later on, it's like you were your the thing that you folded, the piece of paper that you folded, ended up in the hands of this congressman, and it was on TV. It was on, it was it was, was kind of great. That's awesome. It was uh, uh, the thing I saw you on was. Um, was also pretty awesome. Now, I, I wish I had made a better note of what it was. But it was the news or something. I mean, it was something important. It, oh, wow. That, I, yeah, I should know I about so. this. Um, yeah. I, You're on it. I mean, yeah, you yeah, yeah, somebody, yeah. <laughs> somebody sticks a camera in your face, starts talking, you don't notice? And, How did that work? Well, I mean, people have stuck cameras in my face. And, like, I've definitely noticed. But I... I you know, things get picked up by things and things. I don't know. Yeah, don't and, know then, um, and then uh, fellow dyed hair comrade at jpl oh. also was tweeting about it um, oh that's bobic oh oh yeah the bobic for yeah yeah, yeah yeah um yeah okay <laughs> was this recent he was during a, we were supposed to go meet him yeah he tweeted about it like two days ago oh. i even advertised this episode because he tweeted about it uh, okay well so, i will i will yeah. seek this down and, uh yeah. i think there's another news story coming out soon i think that's why you said it it's like it's gonna be uh, uh, okay i should know bobic has the is in tune with JPL press for sure. Oh, definitely. He's, he's, uh, he's a he, press genius, I would say. Mascot. Yeah, mascot. <laughs> <laughs> would be I mean, there's giant cardboard cutouts no, of <laughs> So when Jimmy and I went to go do a tour of JPL, we like, we're, uh, I, I texted him, I was like, are you going to be able to meet, meet us? And yeah. you can meet Jimmy. He's already met Jimmy, but like meet him again. And then he's like, oh, darn it. I have a meeting right at that moment. And I can't. And the reason is because he was meeting with a more important VIP, I think. So, oh, yeah. Um, like, uh, 
NASA director or something like that. Anyway, so we're going in and then uh, they're like, oh, you can't get a photo with the peanut because, you know, the, the lucky peanuts. And then they actually have them out there. And yeah, they've got the cardboard <laughs> cutout. So I got a, I got a photo with the cardboard cutout of... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Of, of the, that should be something we sell on uh, Patreon is cardboard cutouts. Cut out of Kevin, yes. <laughs> He's just sitting there. Yeah. Uh, it could be an origami cardboard cutout. It like unfolds out. <gasps> oh my dimensional. god! Can you, can you make one of uh, of Bobic? Oh god! He would be... love that. Oh my god! Okay, I need to like make him a headpiece that is origamied, so it's like unfolds out to be a bigger mohawk. Bigger mohawk. Oh my god, that's so good. That's okay, so I'm, good. I'm definitely gonna run this past. <laughs> Oh, that'd be so great. He, like, on his hair, he pulls it out. Okay, <laughs> origami's okay. out. That's my next gig. It's origami That's hair. also now the name of this episode, I've decided. This is going to be the origami mohawk is the name of this episode, <laughs> for sure. Um, I need to work on that. Uh, no, I've been... <laughs> There's there's a ton of fun origami things going on. There's like origami clothing now. There's this line of clothing that grows with your with your child, so like it unfolds out, <laughs> like different things. That a hundred percent sounds like something designed by somebody who doesn't have kids, because <laughs> it is not the size of the clothes that <laughs> makes them no longer worth. It's, uh, it's the poop. It's the barf. It's all the fun things the kids um, do to their clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, there's this awesome um, uh, company or studio, I guess, out of uh, um, Boston that that does origami clothing, and it's ridiculous. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, they're called Nervous Systems, and they use origami to computationally fold up dresses mm-hmm. uh, into a tight ball, and then 3D print that tight ball uh-huh. because 3D printers only have beds that are so beds that are right, so big. Right, right, yeah. right. And then this dress kind of unfolds out i've seen some i think i've seen something like this at like uh fashion shows or yeah something. it's it's great you know it's i love how fashion models can they've mastered the the expression of this doesn't look ridiculous <laughs> like no matter what i mean you know this is like i'm wearing a trash bag but it's totally serious <laughs> i mean it's there's an art to it right there's oh, there's absolutely. a certain amount of theatricality and performance that goes into it just right. like being being the uh, art just happens to involve um a lot of binging and heroin but yeah (laughs) (laughs) purging sorry binge and purging heroin (laughs) i heard hinging and i'm like oh is that are you trying to like go back into the origami world with hinges (laughs) oh god uh i i think that's that's definitely something i want to that, you know, that'd be really cool. It's like having people wear things you've designed. That'd That's be... also your backup career if, uh, if if JPL doesn't work out. If space turns out to be a waste of time. Um, I doubt that. I doubt space is going to be turn, turning out to be a waste of time. I'm but not if I get, expecting if I, that in the yeah, future. No, but if I'm out of a job because Elon Musk made like a 100 meter diameter rocket, <laughs> then I can go to designing clothing that is all origamied up. Mm-hmm. And that'd be fun. That would, would be awesome. I would love to do that. Now it's it's brilliant right now the way uh, people are discovering all these nice things about about folding that we hadn't previously dis- known. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, and from a mathematical standpoint, it's fairly simple. It's just you're, you're trying to make sure lengths don't change on a piece of paper as you transition it from one state to another, and it's it's fairly simple to do that, but trying to create new things out of it is, is it's it's fun 
I think I've seen uh, videos of origami robots also. Do you yeah, have yeah, yeah. Do you so know anything about that? There's, there's people doing using origami for locomotion. And that's a it's it's a neat way to do it because you can make your robots out of a single sheet of something, mm-hmm. right? Which is great because you can print out things like exactly. that and circuit flex circuits and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so, I mean, people at, uh, at JPL are, are looking into doing origami rovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can, like, have an army of a thousand flat things that are flat packed into a satellite and then you just like uh you just shower them on some small body that's awesome uh like a, a small planetary yeah. body not a, not, a, not, not a, a small person not a small yeah. person and then these robots unfold they pop up out of out of the the, the little pop-up devices the, the little pieces of paper the little uh, flex pcbs and Th- that would make a great uh cg comic book movie scene actually right there what you're describing yeah like like a robot spitting out like flat discs and then they all pop up and, start... like, and then they crawl towards yeah. you yeah that, would that be freaky. sounds like a, like a scene from a dystopian science fiction movie yeah absolutely i kind of want to subvert that and turn that into just like giant armies of tickling robots <laughs> <laughs> come on just like tickle you i think another advantage um is that uh a big issue nowadays especially with with uh you know, sites that become toxic or yeah. something like that. Um, a, a big sector of robotics is people trying to make uh, robots that fit through things mm, yeah. and then can become bigger on the other end. So, yes. like, there's a lot of snake robots and stuff. Oh, definitely. But it'd be really cool to have, like, uh, you know, an origami robot that can, you know, can slip itself under a door <laughs> or, th- you know, through a crack yeah. and then it pops up on the other side and starts walking around. I mean, yeah. So, the again, <laughs> JPL is working on something like that. They've got a little ro- uh, robot called Puffer uh-huh. and it's, uh, it's a really simple piece of uh, origami. I shouldn't a really simple piece of origami it's it's you only have to solve it with 18 differential equations it's actually it's a, <laughs> uh, no it's a really cool piece of tech and it like it flattened flattened itself it can slip through slip under doors in a flat in a like a flattened state and then pop. you know for all those doors in outer space <laughs> all the doors on mars we have to make sure that yeah we can it would be so awkward if we're looking for aliens it's like oh sorry it's they're not home they're not answering there's a door in the way. Fortunately, we packed a flat packable robot that can slip underneath the door. Right. By the way, it's not a sealed door because robots are Martians wouldn't need a sealed door. This no, it's to try and get into like a mailbox. For tiny little reason. crevices <laughs> under like uh, rock faces or whatnot. Trying oh. to slip under rocks, okay, yeah. basically. That you know, sounds. That makes sense. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> way to ruin it with. We're Real doing something stuff. sensible. I saw a really great photo from one of the Mars rovers of sediment, like yeah. kind of stacked where it was really thin, mm-hmm. and you can see those in the in in the in the world on Earth. On sorry, Earth, yes. <laughs> in the world. Um, you can see them like in Utah and stuff like that. But what's so awesome is that um, on Earth they're fairly thick because if they're too thin, you know, over the course of thousands of years they. Are become brittle and break apart. Sure, there's wind, there's rain. But it was so great about this is that uh, you know Mars has such gentle weather by comparison. It's like you know dust storms are about the most erosion I think. Sure, They're, these things were just so thin and brittle, and it was just it was so cool looking because it's like it kind of made me like this is one of the reasons why you need to be an astronaut and land on Mars is because 
imagine just being the first asshole to go up and like just <laughs> just break this formation Tick. on an alien world by uh, just walking up to it and like gently touching it that it just falls off like oops that was uh <laughs> millennia eons right. of sedimentation that i just destroyed uh-huh. mm-hmm. yep uh-huh. i'm just imagining now an astronaut just like skipping on mars being like <laughs> kind of like uh you ever worried that um you know how, like, when mummies were first discovered in <laughs> Egypt, like, people basically destroyed it. You know, archaeologists yeah. do. You ever wonder that worry about, like, somebody coming back and saying, look what you guys did to Mars, with tracks and the robots. I mean... Like, or is it going to be the other way around where there's going to be tons of I mean, so, so there's people who are, who are really... Uh, we really want to preserve what what these uh, what these worlds have to offer. The us. Reds, the Reds, the Reds. Sure. Yes, named or, by by Zorban, who's agreed to be on the show. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. That'd be I'm amazing. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Um, and then there's people who are like, well, there's no eco- there's no ecology, there's no you know biological systems there to mess up. Mm-hmm. So build all you want. That we know of. <laughs> that we know of. Yes, that is true. Well, yeah, but see, here's weird. I grew up in the desert. Yeah. Um, which is now completely taken over. Yeah. And so I feel, uh, so, so um, Zorman talks about the reds and the greens. So you're, the people who said do whatever you want are the greens. You know, yeah. like Elon is clearly in this territory where he's mm-hmm. like, no, we're doing it before even NASA gets there. So yeah. just don't bother. Um, which is a little bit scary because he's a private company. He's not like, he's not asking for permission. And this yeah. is exactly what people are worried about is that it's going to actually turn into a real political battle at some point. Yeah. But I, I grew up in the desert, so uh, I, I know what it's it, You know, I kind of like the desert, I, but I also understand I like being around water and food. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and all those things that yeah, you Yeah. So it's, um, it's not going to be easy because there's an inherent beauty to the untouched and there Mars is. Is, a be- is unbelievably untouched. I love how in all the photos you can just look... And be like, wow, there's not, you cannot make a photo like that on yeah. Earth. There's no place where you go, uh, you know, you just see this desolate place where there's no influence of yeah. people or erosion, mostly people. I mean, a great example is uh, contrails. Um, there's basically nowhere you can go other than like the South Pole. Sure. Where, you, not, do, <laughs> where yeah. you don't see airplanes flying over. Um, yeah, no, if I had to, like, pick a camp, I'd definitely be green. Like, we're, we're, we're already there, Kevin. Mm-hmm. We're already, we've got a, we've got a, we've got a robot on Mars that's just, like, shooting tiny laser holes in all the rocks. Right, right. And it's like, pew, 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 pew. Yeah. And, next uh, up, the Starbucks, so for sure. So, <laughs> basically, we're, and there's, like, one of the cool things we've learned about, you know, we've discovered in the past 25 years is that the, uh, the expected number of exoplanets, right, we now can say with reasonable certainty that for every star out there, there's at least one planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of Marses out there. Yeah. So there's always going to be untouched beauty. And, you know, if you wanted to get there, just uh, be like your proton, go to point eight C <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then in, get there, yeah. And then get there. <laughs> Time travels one half as fast. That uh, speed. Yeah, yeah, but NASA, like going back to a more serious topic, NASA has uh, a, a set of guidelines, um, not guidelines, actually rules, very strict rules uh, that fall into the category of planetary protection, mm-hmm. which sounds like a really badass name. Planetary protection. I know. And yet it's just Star Trek fans. 
<laughs> with a well, job. No, no. Well, it's it's it's. No, it's, I know it's, it's dead serious. Yeah, it's, it's a huge deal. Like you know, there's forward contamination and backward contamination that you have to worry about. You can't go to a place and contaminate it with earth bacteria because then uh, then you find earth bacteria and then you're like, mm. yay, I found Martian life. We also don't want like the super virus that killed off all Mars life to land on Earth exactly. and just eat us all. <laughs> so that that ends up being a, a fun little challenge. You know, people at JPL who are designing kind of the 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 Mars uh, sample return stuff, mm. they're getting into all these philosophical discussions about what constitutes life. Like, how big does a particle mm-hmm. need to be to be? And then Elon Musk, in the meantime, says, "Oh, that's great that you guys were thinking of that, <laughs> um, but I'm shooting my red roadster." At Mars. At Mars. This is a true story, uh, folks. This is real. This actually really brought up... (laughs) This this ejected the, you know, the red-green debate, like, immediately. Because it's like, dude, have you, you know... I don't know what's in your car. I don't want to know what it's coded in. That's but you can't just land that on Mars. But he said, no, no, it's fine. It's not going to hit anything. But it's definitely, you know, it's getting to the point where the fact that a private citizen can just say, yep, I'm shooting this thing i'm shooting my car at mars it's uh it's a thing it's a thing yeah. i, I you know i'm not even worried about ruining the rocks so sure. much even though i was getting nostalgic about the desert um because really i think it will take thousands <laughs> of years or at least hundreds of years before we could possibly do any kind of wide-scale damage to mars but although we're really good at it um but um what i'm more worried about is that we find life and then it suddenly becomes a really big problem because let's say there's a very fragile life form on mars sure. or europa and, or something like or that or europa and you know and we immediately discover that like look it's so fragile if we go there we're going to wipe it out in a mm-hmm. second and that's i think that's where it's going to be really uncomfortable because we're going to have this debate between people who are going to say okay look it's just one little thing it's like one alien species <laughs> Look, we've been doing. We've we've made thousands of species go extinct here. It doesn't matter that What's it's one, one more. There. Yeah, big deal. But that will make it really hard because there's gonna be people who are like, no, this is a totally different kind of life. Uh, this even happens on Earth. I mean, there's yeah. lots of places that are very fragile. That- the Arctic can be fragile. Um, the top of Mauna Kea yeah. has like one species of insect that only lives there. It's not an alien, but um, you know, it's it's very just. There's a debate between. Um, uh, it's, a, it's also a religious site so sure, there's like a debate yeah. to people who say that we shouldn't be disrupting that environment and then there's other people like but it's a really good spot for telescopes so it's, i'm worried mars might be in that category i'm almost scared that yeah. we find aliens there because i mean and that that's that's actually a really tricky argument and i really you know i've tried to look at both sides of that argument you know especially mauna kea because that was that was in the news recently and one of my personal heroes, Ed Stone, is uh, is the guy in charge mm-hmm. of, of building. He's been been on the show. He has. Oh, I should oh, listen. Yeah, would, you should listen to that one. I would listen. I, yeah, why'd you stop listening? Let's just let's open that can <laughs> of worms. Wait, no. First thing you <laughs> he said when you showed up, he's like, "Oh yeah, sorry. I don't know why he's apologizing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose sleep over people not listening." But he's like, "Sorry, I stopped listening." But he couldn't tell me. Oh, shut up, Ken. Uh, <laughs> couldn't tell me what it was. I I found better podcasts, dude. Really? Yeah. That was it. Yeah, it's like oh, I have through all. Oh, this is like being <laughs> God. That's straight up like getting dumped right there. That's what that sounds like. I, I've been seeing other podcasts. <laughs> I guess have, you don't see podcasts. I've have, been uh, hearing other podcasts. I have a limited amount of time, Kevin, and yeah, it's <laughs> like I'm very very um, particular about what I stick in my ears and. Uh, <laughs> 
know, it's really hard for me to judge because I don't actually really listen to podcasts. So uh, this is a total fluke that I started doing this. No, I, I, apparently, I, I just I'm like a diode. I'm like an information <laughs> diode. I want what information to flow out of me and and not into me. Nothing so, comes back. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I really enjoyed all, all your early work. You know, your early mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, some of my friends have been on this podcast and love listening to all of that. But now that I find out that Ed Stone has been on this podcast, I'll definitely go and listen to that episode. Um, yeah, I think it's getting better actually. I get a lot of feedback. Yeah. I'm going to start YouTubing and streaming. That would be really cool. Yeah. I would... it's, a, it's a little scary, though. It's See, like... I, was, I, was, I was almost going to say I would watch that. I, I think more and more people are doing podcasts by video. It's I, the, One of the reasons I love listening to podcasts is you, can, you just put them in your ear and mm-hmm. um, you can work on other things. And that itch you have for distraction when you're working on a problem, that normally would be... St- satiated by going opening a tab and looking at twitter or looking at facebook mm-hmm. is now satiated by just focusing your attention on what you're listening to yeah and it gives you it feeds that need for momentary distractions <laughs> Absolutely. without distracting you completely from the task yeah so um i've been recently doing the weirdest that this is gonna everyone's gonna say that i'm autistic or something for doing this but I, i'm obsessed with trains and uh Love trains. lots of awesome yeah uh there's all these trains around the world that live stream from the front cabin. Oh my god, no way. <laughs> so I'm like totally hooked on this and my kids think I'm crazy. <laughs> and the, like I think the funniest thing is my kindergarten came and was like, like daddy, you've been watching the same train for like a week. And I'm like, yeah, I find it really relaxing. It <laughs> and is- they, to them it just looks crazy because it's just a train going forward. But it's it's like gorgeous. It's like they're going through the snow-covered Alps, and oh there's ones also like just like cute little European cities, and and sometimes if I'm just feeling industrial, I'll put on one that's just like a local train, yeah, in like a an urban <laughs> you're area. In, you're feeling industrial, <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's so <laughs> relaxing because uh, I have to do a lot of like words, yeah. you know, like I, I if I'm either coding or, sure. or writing something, um, so I can't have. I can't have, like, this part where I don't listen to podcasts, I can't have another voice going ah, on. okay. And, uh, um, and it's, this is just very relaxed, you know, <laughs> that, and it's just, just, I leave it on the screen, and it's just sort of, like, off to the side, and I go, yeah. like, it just feels like you're chilling out on a train, working. That's and, amazing. Uh, actually, it kind of makes me wonder if I should have just been a train conductor, like I wanted when I was four. Oh, my God. Might have been a better job. <laughs> I mean... That would be kind of nice. I love trains. I took a train from Seattle to L.A., you know, mm-hmm. that, that lovely Amtrak train. It was it was amazing. It stopped everywhere. It's got these giant windows where you can just sit in this car, drink booze, and yeah. work, and listen to music, and watch. How do you feel about Hyperloop? How do I feel about Hyperloop? Yeah. I think it's a, it's a machine for turning people inside out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I dislike about it the most is that trains and airplanes, the Two best features. I mean, uh, uh, the, the one feature of both of those yeah. is that you could look out and just be amazed. Yeah. And I, going in an underground tube is just, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's, a cool, it's a cool problem from an engineering and physics perspective, I think. I think it makes sense for a lot of things, right? If you're trying to do, like, really hyper-fast cargo delivery, that makes a lot of sense. But I wouldn't want to... Be in the be in the tube, like the onion did it. They said it, it's powered by human screams or something <laughs> like that. 
Because originally, I think the first drawing was yeah. like, oh, you're in this coffin-sized thing, and then you're accelerated at that 4Gs. To... Sounds like something out of the Alien universe, you know, the movie Alien Universe. It's just like yeah. something very industrial, not suited for humans at all. And, you know, like, it's so much easier to design things that don't have to sustain humans. Yeah. Because oh, you guys have run into that too, right? Um, at, at JPL? Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean we we do all because Your, spa- yeah, your spacecraft can take a lot more than people, right? Yeah. I mean it, it so JPL does not work on anything that's crude, right? Mhm. Um so there's there's folks in NASA who are like, "Oh, we should only work on crude flight." And but there's so much we can do with uncrewed flight. Do you have to? You had to hesitate there because you can't call it manned flight. I've I've read the memo. I I mean N- not I, not the memo that came out today. <laughs> I mean the other memo. <laughs> I want to try and not call it manned flight just because there's uh, you know you'll get fired. Well, I won't get fired, but I've got friends who are who've like applied to the astronaut corps and. That's to be all not... that's on the application now is what is this called? <laughs> if you say mad flight, that's just one question. You're immediately eliminated. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's the NASA PC police, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're hair guys. Uh, that's a joke. Yeah. There, there's no NASA just PC police. Kidding. Nope. <laughs> um, I feel like I have to specify that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Thanks for being on the show. This yeah, really no, this fun. is fun. Um, can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, sure. I'm I'm at Space Manan, so that's Space M A N A N. So it's a play that's on a Space one. Man. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Too bad you're not named Space Crew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, just uh, we're yeah. gonna not have to follow you now because of that. Oh god! I should I should I should really change that, but. I happen to be a man, so I think it makes. I think it's okay. I think it's okay if it's Space Man. All right, you say so. Uh, Yeah, no, follow me. (laughs) All right. um, Anything else you want to? You have any uh, spaceships you want to? You want to promote? Normally, if we have a comedian, we have them promote their shows. (laughs) (laughs) Working on something really cool called Starshade right now. uh, Right here, Congress people, get Starshade funded. Starshade is a is a spacecraft that'll blackout starlight so we can image and do spectroscopic analysis of exoplanets i like it we're just throwing this in at the end like <laughs> oh by the way the actual science <laughs> i mean is this a science po- i don't know if this was yeah. a science podcast or not yeah, i don't know either i, I don't know what honest, it is i, don't, I have I no idea it's supposed to be both i'm not sure no but like yeah starship is really cool it'll help us uh block out starlight so you can image the really faint planets right next to it and more importantly do spectroscopic analysis so you can look at you can probe the atmospheres of these planets um and it's it's a really cool spacecraft it's like the size of a baseball diamond it looks like a sunflower uh and uh, it unfolds out in a really pretty way mm-hmm. um and i'm not saying that because i'm biased because i'm on the design team and using origami and using right. origami it's one of those it's one of those coolest one of the coolest things that i'm working on right now i'm using origami to find alien life guys that's awesome i can't even make a uh, paper crane you should have told me that before <laughs> we started i would have like you would I, made like 80 of them by now yeah <laughs> no i i've sp- i recently got a book on making origami butterflies and it is among the most soothing things that I've done is just like make like 15 different variations of origami butterflies and moths. You know, that's kind of weird because you're doing it at work and then you just go home and do work at 
work at home? I, I that that's, I, mean, I guess you're doing what you love. Yeah, I mean All that right. thought ran through my head yesterday where I was like at home folding and I was at work folding, and I was like, I don't see the problem with this. This is this, <laughs> this is this is kind of awesome. I mean, some of my best, you know, it's. Uh, I, it, you you want to know how you could get really meta? Huh. We launch you into space with a bunch of stuff to fold, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can just you can send out even more folded stuff. I mean, that's although that's, I guess meta meta would be folding you up, but that might be kind of strange. I mean, even more meta would be <laughs> if I design something that, when unfolded, looks like me, and then makes more of me in space. I don't know. I don't know where, I don't orig- know where I was going. An origami with. folding von Neumann robot probes. That- we need to make <laughs> von Neumann probes, guys. No. Oh my God. Yeah, that should be my next proposal. It's like origami folded von Neumann probes. Um, they're not true von Neumann probes because they're not making. What cop- is that? That's a thing that makes others. Yeah, a von Neumann probe is a space probe that makes other like von a, Neumann like probes. a Turing machine. Oh, uh, kind of like a, yeah, yeah. But the idea is, you go out there, you go to the Kuiper Belt, and you just or the Oort Cloud, and you just consume all the ISIS there and dude I think that's what tardigrades are to be honest I think yeah I think they are (laughs) I think they're half a billion years old I think we're gonna find earlier ones and be like oh crap these things just landed and made us so weird totally gonna plug my favorite novel uh well it used to be my favorite novel uh called Spin by this Canadian science fiction writer called Robert Charles Wilson beautiful novel um and I think it's a spoiler if I say von Neumann probes and Spin so this part <laughs> Oops. All right, never mind. Don't read it. That's the end. There are no one diamond probes in Spain, guys. It's like when we had Andy where he gets off Mars, it's fine. Oh, no. Are you ruined it, Kevin? I know. I was no. planning on reading that. Oops. Ah. Yep. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. This has been Shirley Joking. Go to Patreon. SYJ. I need it. Show some love. Peace. <laughs>